Welcome to Replant Boot Camp, the Boots on the Ground podcast for replanters by replanters. With your host, Bob Bickford and Jimbo Stewart, here in the trenches with you doing the gritty and glorious work of replanting dying churches. This podcast is sponsored by 180 Digital, the church website and branding partner you need to help move your church forward. Stick around to the end of the podcast for a special offer from 180 for Replant Boot Camp podcast listeners only. Replant Boot Camp still in Missouri together. Tonight, Bob and I had a fun adventure <laughs> trying to get to Don Carlos. Somebody has hijacked Yelp. Yes, and I'm a Yelp elite. So this shouldn't have happened to the no, elite. No, it shouldn't. Uh, <laughs> Bob can affirm, I clicked Don Carlos on Yelp. But it straight took us to Taco Bell, eight miles away. But the, the Mexican food, was it was good. It was, it was pretty great. good. It was great. Here we are in Jackson, Missouri. For those of you who don't know, it's in the Boot Hill area of the state of Missouri, which is the New Madrid Fault, which is an earthquake zone. So we are in danger right now. Right now. Right now. Danger zone. <laughs> yeah, well, so we you guys be. are making me nervous. <laughs> we should introduce our guest. Who's yeah, with so us. I was going to say the best part about dinner wasn't the good Mexican food. It was it's the, the guy who was waiting there for twenty minutes while you sat at Taco Bell. <laughs> yes, it was. It was the guy who somehow actually found the restaurant <laughs> yes. and not Taco Bell. Evan Skelton. Evan, introduce yourself to hey. us. Hey, um, yeah, Evan Skelton, uh, replanter over in St. Louis, Missouri, on the south side of the city at Bayless Baptist. It's the best. Evan is just a great guy. Yes. Uh, just a happy, huggy, <laughs> wonderful guy. He does come from the Calvary family of churches. Yes. Which is in Denver, Inglewood, Colorado. And the founder of the Calvary family is the most hugging man in the world. He's famous. Happy, for huggy Halleck. Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> Go Mark Halleck. And so, just I think those hugs eventually they just like worked their way into my DNA. You know? Yeah. So, Holy cow. So, we've got Evan on here and. There's a great question that, it's not Evan's question, but I think it's a question that he can answer really well. One of our hopes on this podcast is that it would be a benefit to guys who are considering replanting. So they're not even in it yet, but they're thinking, man, maybe this is something that God's calling me to. And one of the things that Bob and I both believe is there's a great value to it, like a residency or an internship or some process of training. And so to the guy out there thinking, if I'm considering replanting, what what's my best route and then submitting myself to the Lord, how that might even call you across the country. So Evan, you get to answer a lot of those questions. So talk to us about what made you decide to enter into a replant residency? Yeah, so ours is a bit of a unique story. I kind of had a sense uh, that replanting is something that God wanted us to do. And I remember bringing that to my wife and she thought I was crazy. We both kind of thought about it. We, uh, we didn't know what would become of it. So it was kind of a unique process as we felt this passion really walk into a, a, um, places that many didn't want to touch with a 30-foot pole and didn't know what to do with that and met a guy who was doing it in the midst of it. And so I think as far as what prompted us to begin a residency is I think getting a really sober awareness of of the cost that that would be to us, um, yeah. the significance of the role. We didn't want to mess it up. And I just was so deeply compelled to see guys who really loved the work, were faithful in it, and I just want to be with, be around them to soak up kind of even the culture that yeah. seemed to follow them. Yeah. So. so were you already a member of the Calvary family and then went into the residency or you just lived in that area or? Yeah. So we were, we joined the Calvary family at a unique point in their story before a residency existed. So we, I joined and um, initially as a member, um, but with the intention that they would send me as a pastor, hopefully for a church that was very similar. 
And so they kind of brought me into that process to serve faithfully, to serve in really kind of ugly ways, which was really good for me. And Ugly ways. Like, like, <laughs> yeah, define that. That's... Meaning like the stuff that, I mean, just... Cleaning the bathrooms kind of ugly? Or... Uh, sometimes, okay. you know. And so some of the stuff of, I mean, yeah, we... I was there for the work days. I was there for the, I mean, pound in the pavement, hanging flyers. I mean, just as a normal member of the church. Gotcha, yeah. yeah, and then helped serve with students um, as the failed youth intern for four years. And <laughs> There's a story there. Failed. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Do you not so, like youth? Or I love youth okay. now. But, but I, do youth I, my, youth? my internship was a train wreck. <laughs> okay. And never thought I would ever be a youth, uh, youth pastor. And so that's a, yeah, we're getting... Kind of far afield. I think all of us were youth pastors at one time, which incidentally, I think the youth pastor makes the best pastor and yeah. planter. Yeah. All right, continue. <laughs> well, hold on. I, yeah. I, do, I want to pause and digress okay, for a second. It's one of our favorite questions. Okay. Right? What's the stupidest thing <laughs> you ever did leading in ministry? Like what's, Leading in ministry? Let's go youth ministry. Let's look. Okay. Well, okay, so... And we've had, I mean, I've got van stories. We used to call ours Armageddon okay. because the brakes didn't work. Oh and, so thankful that, and so we would oh try God. to slow down for the, the turn at the youth retreat and go a lot further than we thought. And oh so man. we, but nonetheless, I think probably the stupidest thing was my first six months there. Um, I was in seminary. Again, this failed youth intern. What do, what do my, what do my students who have not really read the Bible ever before need to hear? They need to hear about the already and not yet kingdom. So I lectured them in theology for about six months. Oh, my God. And so the students who ended up, uh, they ended up staying, um, ended up, they built, we built something pretty fun together, but I learned to calm down. I was that guy. I came to youth ministry and a few months in, one of the sweet, sweet girls came to me and said, are we going to have fun again? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, bro, you can describe my youth ministry right there. Yeah. We, like at some point, are we going to do something fun I, again? I had, a, I had one of my, my, uh, my volunteers grab me one. He said, Evan, you, you just went an hour and a half in that session. So, <laughs> Whoa. So, that's amazing. Yeah, it was bad. Whoa. My preaching has gotten a little bit better than that, hopefully. these. Days. I'm sure it has. Well, we'll listen in. I'm sure it has. Oh, yeah, boy. well, check out his podcast. <laughs> Bayless Baptist oh. Church. <laughs> O R G, boy. So where were we? So, All right, yeah, so we're residency. at residency. Mm-hmm. So they had, didn't have a residency yet. You're yeah. a failed youth intern. Yeah. And Serving. so they decide we got to train this kid. <laughs> were exactly you the right. catalyst for the residency? No, I was not the catalyst. Okay. But there was, I mean, guys uh, around me. Um, but also Mark and I just we loved. I think Chipotle is his second office, and oh, we yeah. hang out there yeah. all and just yeah. dream, dream about the day that. Um, Grace and I, my wife, um, we could go and and see this story that we were watching um, unfold at Calvary Baptist in Inglewood uh, happen again. In that, they started a pastoral internship, I think was the very first one. And so, and then they did a preaching internship. Um, They added a church planting and then eventually a replanting. And so I think I went through every one of them probably multiple times. Okay. Yeah. Um, And uh, they built that plane. And I heard the reputation you because we were involved in your replanter assessment mm-hmm. uh, before you came to the Fair City of St. Louis, and mm-hmm. you were rumored to be the most assessed potential <laughs> pastor ever yeah, in the history right. of assessments. Uh, Is that correct? We were pretty tired. Yes, we okay. have been assessed, well assessed. <laughs> yeah. I went through the uh, re- I went through the planters assessment okay. as a as an associate pastor at a church plant through the Calvary family, and uh, then I went through the replanter assessment. Okay. Right. Yeah. So, which one was more beneficial? 
Oh, that's a dangerous question. But the replanter assessment, hands down. Hands down. That's hands right. Down. Replanters always win. Yeah, they do. It's, it's a tortoise in the hair. Because church planting <laughs> is for wimps. <laughs> church, quoting Mike McKinley. Mike McKinley. Referencing a book reference. That's right. Look at the not show not, notes. not calling you a wimp. Look at the show He's notes. He's just saying yeah. there's a book at that title. I've heard that the advice, make the, babble, the Bible the bad guy. We're going to make Mike McKinley Mike, the bad Mike guy. Mike McKinley the bad oh, guy. Yeah, there you go. That's good. That's good. So... Out of those residencies and the replanter residency specifically, yeah, what were the most beneficial pieces of that for you, preparing you now that you're actually in a replant? Mm-hmm. What, are, what are the parts you're most grateful for? I think the best part was being at a church that was finding revitalization. So watching and doing again a lot of the ugly work, a lot of the stuff that was not the glamorous stuff, and but watching the power of God show off in something that not easily explained like it was just you're looking at a situation that many would have given up on and had given up on and god was bringing people to faith in his son and changing them by the resurrection power of the gospel it was nuts and and in seeing that i mean just being in a church that was finding new life um that was probably the most impactful thing that grace and i said even if i i mean i yeah we said even if we don't end up serving and leading a church Uh, We want our kids to grow up in a place like this. Mm. And Mm. so, yeah, I think that was one of the biggest pieces. I think having um, the camaraderie of um, other other men who were exploring this too, who were sharing war stories, who were uh, cheering one another on, who were, who, it was different than I was experiencing even at the same time at seminary, I think, even in, I think, my uh, preaching cohorts were the... Uh, now it's not always in every preaching cohort, but definitely in mine there was this air of competition. Yeah, and this idea of who's the best preacher among us. Right. But in my replant cohorts, the assumption as assumption was is all of us are going to end up as pastors, and we get these sweet days together. And so our joy now is to cheer each other on and to see God honored in each other's ministry without this kind of bravado or comparison. I, yeah. I think that's one of the things that's unique about um, replanting and replanters is there. there's a different vibe when you mm-hmm. walk into the room when there's a lot of replanters typically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we may be overgeneralizing here, but I think most guys that are going to replanting realize I'm going into a church of 40 people that are senior adults, Yeah. and the building's not going to look great. <clears throat> it's going to be a challenge. And so I'm not going to – I don't have anything to show off. Mm-hmm. About I just I'm I'm generally called to this setting, so I think there's a if there's some people that are out there listening thinking, man, I, I'm I'm not a church planter because I just don't it's not me like, and I I kind of am drawn to things that are smaller, and I just want to cheer cheer other people on and be cheered on. I think man, replanting is a great place for that. Part of it's you look at this other person who's just as crazy as you are, and you say, yeah. you too, you're yeah. drawn to this. I can't yeah. believe yeah. it. All right, so. So residency, just the experience, doing the nitty-gritty work Mm -hmm. of being behind the scenes in a replant, Mm -hmm. just a great experience for you. Mm -hmm. So now you've gone through that, and you don't know where you're going to go, right? So one of the crazy things, we've got a residency at our church. One of the things I always talk to our residents about is like, full disclosure, when you come in here, I'm going to do everything I can to prepare you Mm -hmm. for replanting. But like outside of that, it literally requires the Holy Spirit lining some stuff up here. Right. As a church planter, you could just go pick a neighborhood, meet at a Starbucks or your living room, and just get things going. But as a replanter, you have no idea where you're going to end up. So how did you, how did you end up from Colorado yeah. to St. Louis? Mm, unexpectedly. Yeah. <laughs> we thought we would be in Denver uh, the rest of our lives. And 
And you had a few opportunities that you explored, right? We did. Before you ended up in St. Louis. We were, and the interesting thing is we turned some of those options down because <clears throat> we thought it was so clear that we were going to be in Denver. I mean, we, we felt like we really had made the right call and we had said no to some of these options and then just started searching, started having conversations with churches in Denver. And there's some unique, there were some unique cultural uh, dynamics at the time that made that less and less likely. But I remember finding churches like, I mean, one tangibly that I was talking to and a church of about, uh, that was at one point a thousand people, um, helped start the Denver Rescue Mission, had now shrunk down to about 70 people on a Sunday morning, but had a full bank account. I um, ended up in a conversation with them about replanting. And they uh, said to me, I'll never forget it, Evan, that sounds like important work, um, but I don't think we need something like that. I don't think things are really that bad here. Mm, My goodness. And uh, it was heartbreaking for me, but I had that conversation over and over again that in a city that was growing, like Denver was, right. um, many of them assumed that it just took some new secret sauce, some young, funny, some, a young, funny pastor to just, get in the pulpit. Just another Mark Halleck. <laughs> just need another one of those guys. Just put him in there. Oh, yeah. And it's, <laughs> well, and I'll tell you, being, um, yeah, and it's uh, what was so wonderful about being um, in Calvary at Calvary with when Mark was my pastor and it was such a privilege to have him as my pastor so much of his ministry and he would say this was so ordinary mm-hmm. and uh, and and in fact I saw him sacrificially move the spotlight away from himself again yeah. and again and God really favored that I think yeah and so but yeah so we in Denver we um, we experienced that over and over again that people were looking for the secret strategy people are here they're at our doorstep we just need the right technique to get them here and so and that obviously didn't work. And so we, I remember my wife, is, she's usually, initi- she's, God has used her to, for me to wake up, to consider options I haven't been considering, to usually the steps of courage we've really taken as a family have come at my wife's initiative. Mm-hmm. God's really good that way. And so she um, said, I think we need to open our hands a bit and consider that God might be calling us outside the state. And lo and behold, I think two weeks later, um, Bob, um, Bob, who's sitting at this table, called me. That's right. It's yeah. my fault. <laughs> it's yeah. your fault. So he called and we went out. So we flew out to St. Louis. I'd driven through St. Louis. I'd never been there in my life, at least stayed there intentionally. And uh, we saw a few churches in the city that were in need of replanting. And uh, we can get to this in a second, but God made it so, so apparent that he was calling us here. It was really shocking, um, even even though the circumstances were really intimidating. Very, I think Grace and I both were very sobered by what it would mean to come here, um, bring our family here to a church we didn't know, a city we didn't know, but a church that was in such disrepair. But yeah, God made it pretty pretty apparent that this was the place He wanted us to be. That's exciting for the listener out there that is in the shoes you were, but they're not in Colorado yeah. and they don't have maybe a residency near them because as of right now, we don't have enough residencies out there. No. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to encourage more of those to happen. What, what do we tell that guy that is in a, in a town that, that probably is not ready to go ahead and be a replanter right now? There's some development, some assessment that needs to happen. What would be your advice for that guy that doesn't know of a residency near him? I, I think first of all, is you, you've got to read uh, some of the works that have been published about replanting, yeah. uh, Reclaiming Glory with Mark Clifton is going to give you a good overview. Church Planting is for Wimps. We've already mentioned that. That's that's a, a wonderful book about replanting. So I think you need to explore it uh, and read about guys, uh, read from guys who've written it and done it. Both, yeah. both Clifton and Mike McKinley have done it. 
I think the other thing too is the local association is a great resource to you. Yeah. And let me just tell you, there are tons and tons of churches inside an association that need pulpit supply, mm-hmm. that need short-term interims. And so uh, you can make friends with your associational yeah. missional status, your DOM, and just go, hey, I, I want to serve the church. Is there a church that I can preach at? Yeah. Um, is there a church that I can serve? And just go there, be willing to do that for a period of time and yeah. learn and use that as a laboratory. But I think the other thing, too, is find some men in that city or that area, yeah. some pastors you respect who have been there for a while and had success, not explosive success, but just gradual mm. plotting success yep. over a couple of decades. And just say, can I, can I just meet with you? Mm-hmm. And can you tell me what you know about pastoring? Can I, and maybe even serve in that man's church. Uh, yeah. So that's a way to be shaped. You, you don't have to have cohorts. You don't have to have, you know, three or four guys and, you know, video curriculum and all this kind of stuff. You can learn from some really solid pastors, but choose wisely. Yeah. Um, and, and find a respectable man who's, who's had a, a Christ-honoring ministry. Can I, can I riff on that a little bit, too, is that first part, too? <clears throat> I think uh, something I've often seen, um, and I think I'm grateful I experienced the opposite, but there's a temptation when uh, you're wanting to, even I think even in church planting, right? You want to become a church planter. You put yourself at a church that's large, that has lots of programming, lots of systems, lots of flash and pizzazz. And what happens, unfortunately, and unintentionally in that, is you begin to gain an appetite for a kind of church you may never see. Yep. And you have the disadvantage of not gaining an appetite and a love of the beauty of an ordinary church. Mm -hmm. And so being in a a church that may not be sexy in your neighborhood, um, is that okay that I said that? Yeah. Nonetheless. It's a replant boot camp, man. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, being at one of these these churches that, again, many people may not give the time of day to um, and serving faithfully there, so long as they are preaching the gospel faithfully, loving people, and they're trying to walk in step with the Spirit. Yeah, serving faithfully there. Yeah, I think the big churches, the big flashy churches, the name brand churches that are known, often collect a lot of aspiring planters and pastors. Mm-hmm. And so they're, they're, the big churches will gladly receive them, but they will not get the kind of ministry reps that they would get in an ordinary church. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you about a great story mm-hmm. I, I'm excited to watch unfold is the very first replant resident we had at our church was sent by a large church in our area that recognized the calling and gifting in this man they had on staff. He was their young adults pastor, part-time, paying paid, part-time. And uh, I sat down with their executive pastor and he just said, what would this residency look like? I was very transparent. I haven't done it yet, so I don't. I mean, I can show you on paper the the plan, but I mean, I haven't. We haven't gone through it yet. I don't know. I said I'll do everything I can to prepare this guy if that's what you want me to do. And I don't know, man. It's just wired in me to always just ask bold questions. And so I just asked him. I said, "Well, you could just continue to pay him while I do this because I can't pay him anything." And they said yes. And so they continued to pay him part time to do a ten month residency Bro. at our little bitty church, right? And so here's what's really cool. So he comes and for 10 months serves and uh, learns at our church. And then I don't have anywhere to place him. They don't have anywhere to place him. So we send him back to his home church. Now, this is brilliant. So big churches listening, because I know all the big church pastors are listening to the Replant Bootcamp podcast. I know, we get what feedback like crazy. Oh, yeah. Yes. I mean, I'm just always getting phone calls from Thousands. these guys. <laughs> no, but no, it, it spread the word to these big church pastors. This is brilliant what they did. So they're in, uh, they're in Clay County, just south of Duval County. So they started something they called Caring About Clay or something like that, right? They're still paying this guy. And what he does 
is he's going to all these little struggling churches in Clay County and just saying, hey, I want you to know the church I'm coming to you from loves you and cares about you, right? So he's showing up these places. He shows up at a church. Now he, for a living, what this guy does is he does uh, maintenance work on cleaning equipment, large cleaning equipment at hospitals and malls and stuff like that. So he's got, you know, a work truck, you know, the truck with the big toolboxes all, all over or whatever. So he shows up to a church one Sunday in his work truck. He gets there. They immediately start putting him to work fixing all the <laughs> all the electrical is going out, right? Oh, my god! All the electrical is going out, and they're, like, going, hey, can you figure this out? And he's just an awesome dude. Like, this guy's just a great servant's heart. So he just jumps right in and is, like, starting pointing stuff. And here's what's really cool. He's able to go, hey, look, I'm not the maintenance guy, but here's the really good news is my church sent me here and he had been texting his executive pastor and in that time got approval for for their church to just go ahead and pay to fix the electrical problem. So literally he shows up and he just goes, I'm just here and we're going to fix this, right? So their pastor has had a stroke and is just not physically able to continue to pastor, but they love this guy. They love their pastor, and they don't. And they had a young guy at some point come in and say, "Hey, we're here to help." Uh, and then he kind of tried to oust oust the other guy, and they just did not jive. It didn't go well. That ended badly. He took a bunch of people with him, so now they got even fewer people. And a pastor who physically can't get up, he can't get up and preach. He can't anything. Right. So the resident calls me, and I said, "Here's what you do, man. You just keep loving him." And I was on the phone with him today. And so by the time this podcast goes live, who knows what's going to happen? And they're already asking him, like, hey, can you come preach our homecoming? Mm-hmm. Hey, there's a funeral that needs to happen. We don't have anybody to preach it. Can you come preach that? And, mm-hmm. and, and it's exactly the kind of community he feels called to. He feels called to more rural community. And it's in kind of a more rural community. But it's also in an area where a big uh, bypass is being built. And so there's about to be a lot of traffic that way. And mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just exciting to see. For me, it was so refreshing to see a larger church, one, have the humility to say we're not equipped to train a replanter. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not. We're not the context in which he can learn the necessary skills. And so they humbly submitted. We want you to train him. We're going to pay him, and then they continue just to invest in churches the way they are. And now I, I'm convinced we're going to see just a great story come out of their humility and generosity. Yeah. It's yeah. awesome. So you bring up a big question, pay. Evan, you're you're in a residency mm-hmm. in Denver. Cost of living is crazy in Denver, yeah. right? Married at the time, mm-hmm. kids? Yeah, two kids. Two kids mm-hmm. at the time. So third on the way was third, Yeah. So how in the world did you survive doing a residency? How did you eat? Where did you Ch- live? Chipotle, Chipotle. Like, yeah. I just relied. That's why I kept my friendship thriving with him, as we could get a lot of. Where did you live? You know, etc. So how how did you survive financially? We, it was tough, honestly. I mean, that was one of the challenges of the of those of those days. But we really do look back with fond, with uh, with fondness now. We lived in two bedroom apartments for, I think, uh, the first eight years of our marriage, including in this se- season. Um, I was working. Um, a bunch of uh, again, again, ugly jobs. I was a, I cleaned carpets. Um, I uh, drove packages for Amazon. And even when I was, and I did some support raising. I mean, I just started, and which was uh, interesting. I never thought it would actually work, but we ended up casting vision of replanting with right. uh, people across the country about the need for it. And we had so many people who didn't even know a place that we would go 
that were supporting our family mm-hmm. to be able to to invest in this vision. So it's pretty remarkable, guys. So yeah. so that's a key thing. Is like so we just need to be really clear. If you're a replanter, a potential replanter out there, yeah. you are and you're going through the process of prepping uh, to be a replanter. It's possible you're going to need to raise support or do some side jobs, side hustles, to to be able yep. to equip yourself to do this. So it's it's possible, and you can raise support for yeah. a future call yet to be determined. Yeah, and and I think we're going to really need to see guys uh, who embrace that and are okay with that. Mm-hmm. And let's just think about this timeline: was you were married for eight years, you mm-hmm. have two kids, mm-hmm. and you're raising support, cleaning carpets, driving packages around. Mm-hmm. In preparation to go to a church that's a dying, struggling church. Right. Right. Yeah. Can we just can we just say that that's most people think that's crazy? Yeah. I mean that's that requires a calling. Yeah. I mean, you don't you don't just do that because you. <clears throat> My like, family thought I was crazy. I mean, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm certain. Yeah. I mean, you probably are a little bit. I mean, it's, <laughs> we all are. Yeah. Yeah. To do something like that, absolutely. Mm-hmm. No, that's. I mean, that that's one of the encouraging things to me. I'm seeing more and more of right is. Uh, the current resident I have right now was an executive pastor at a non-denominational megachurch for the last eight years, making a full-time salary with benefits without knowing anything about a residency, felt called, called by God to, said he felt God called him to get out of debt and get ready for something big, and he didn't know what it was. Hmm. And so he got out of debt, he got ready, and then he said he felt like God told him to quit and start working with dying churches. And he thought, I have no idea what I'm doing, so they pointed him to a residency. He comes and sits across the table from me, a young man, and says, will you accept me to your residency? I said, let's just be real clear here. You're asking me to accept you, executive pastor, for the last eight years to an unpaid... Yeah, I mean, sure. Like, I'm okay. Like, are you... Like, I just want to make sure you're clear on what you're <laughs> saying. Do you know who I am? Yeah, do, you, do you know what you're signing up for? Like, awesome. I, but I tell you what's so encouraging. That was at his house last Sunday night. Mm-hmm. And he had his, he, he's already got his first core team meeting. Oh, man. I mean, he like, Crazy. he had like 10 people at his house sitting there ready and, and hungry and like physically hungry. And we had dinner and then hungry to hear more about replanting. And we and, and we, I was, he asked me to talk to him and I was just real clear to them. Like, we have no idea where this is going to end up. Right. Right. Like we don't know. And to me, that's kind of one of the exciting things about replanting is if you're a planner, Right, which I'm not, but if you're a planner, um, I mean, this really requires significant reliance on the Holy Spirit. The whole process does, because you can't plan it. I mean, you don't know. I mean, because you're going to run into countless churches that need it, right? So one of his questions, and and one of the questions at core team meeting is, are there churches in Jacksonville that need to be replanted? One hundred thousand percent, yes. And they were like, how many? I was like, I've, I'm just going to tell you, I've got a private map with 30 dots on it yeah. that only I know with where the dots are. <laughs> that will not be on the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> there will not be a picture on the show notes, and I will not show you that, that map. But I, just, I pray for those churches on a regular basis that either God would just revitalize them supernaturally or that they would come to a point that they realize they need to be replanted. That's awesome. So this, so the need for replanting is great. The need for replanters is great. And in summary, just in thinking of Evan's story, yeah, um, Evan, if you were to talk to the guy that's listening to the boot camp mm-hmm. out there and, and is on the line, maybe he's working at a staff, he's a staff job, maybe he's a about-to-be-failed youth intern, mm-hmm. and he's thinking, man, all the things that have been said today, I've, I've really, I'm drawn to that. What would you tell him in terms of like, what are a couple practical steps he should take 
to consider the next phase of, of preparing for what God has for him. So I think some of the things we've already mentioned, to be able to, able to get some exposure and experience and, a, and where you can gain a love for churches like this. Um, it's one thing in theory to love it, but then actually to see some of the messiness of it and actually believe that God is not done with these churches. Amen. Yeah. And, and I think that one of the, I mean, we would say the most practical thing you can do is you've got to um, allow the gospel to sink deep down in your bones until the glory of God becomes more captivating than anything else because that's the only thing that's going to sustain you mm. to believe mm. this kind of work is worth it and that it matters to God and that only God can bring, uh, can actually can write a, a, a new story. I mean, that's... That's something you you won't be able to count the cost. You won't be able to to take on the ambiguity and and the uh, and some of the crazy uh, flex flexing that's going to require you to even find that church if you don't uh, love the glory of God and desire for Him to be made famous in these churches. Um, I think outside of that, um, there are a lot of uh, really uh, there's an increasing amount of resources out there to even start getting some training now. Um, mm-hmm. Even I mean. Uh, it's not a. I, you didn't ask me to plug this book, but I think "Am I a Replanter" is really an excellent resource to begin yes. even praying through and working through right now. Yeah. If there's not a residency near you, uh, summarize and find a good pastor that you can learn under, man. Uh, and here's what I say: I mean, great experience learning learning under a godly leader mm-hmm. is far more valuable than any salary yeah. package mm-hmm. you'll ever get. Yeah. Right. Um, if if in the meantime. The great thing I love about Halleck is he's got those 40 Foundations videos mm. free out on the internet, yep. nonignorable.org, right? Correct. Um, and under Replanting Revitalization, there are co- cohort videos, 40 videos uh, that I have my residents go through, and it's just good material for you to get if you can't interact with somebody directly on replanting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, man, I would say contact uh, con- contact NAM, Replant. Um, at nam.net and churchreplanners.com churchreplanners.com yeah. and there's just a lot or, of great uh, Bayless Baptist Church you know we got lots of vision and no pay just lots <laughs> of vision and no pay <laughs> I like it you could move to St. Louis too that's right and, uh, sold you on it, I think. that's right and so um, as always we want to thank you for being a part of this episode we'd love for you to send in your questions or comments and we want to thank our sponsor 180 Digital does your church need a new website or logo? 180 is the ministry partner you need to help move your church forward. They've been working with churches and businesses for over 10 years and have solutions for churches both big and small. They also offer support options to help you run your website. Go to 180digital.com to learn more. Special offer still going on right now for Replant Bootcamp podcast listeners. 20% off any website or branding project. Just let them know you listen to us.